Warning to our listeners. This is not a usual episode of the FPL America podcast. This isn't even a usual monologue. This is going to mention the Premier League, but it's mostly about how college football in the U.S. sucks. If you don't care about college football at all, I would skip to one of our usual episodes now. As I write this, college football is in the midst of its playoff to end the 2020-21 season. This time of year is always filled with angst for the sports me, because while I love college football, it is also such a terrible sport, and it's only gotten worse for the last decade. The trigger for my annual angst this year was a USA Today article that came through my phone's newsfeed. It lamented how, just about every year, the same teams end up in the four-team playoff that ends the season. As feared when the playoff was created seven years ago, the other bowl games that are played are becoming less significant, and we as fans are all flocking to watch just the playoff and the same few teams in those games. Now, the USA Today's solution in this article? Unfortunately, it's the same lazy solution that every red-blooded American sports fan comes up with. A bigger playoff. After all, that would get more teams involved, and teams like Cincinnati would then have a chance as well, something they currently don't have. Speaking of Cincinnati, Cincinnati and Notre Dame are everything that is wrong with college football right now, but for opposite reasons. Notre Dame is one of the few schools that still have nostalgia and mystique surrounding them. That might sound weird, but those two things are actually very powerful forces in college football. It's the only explanation for how a team like Notre Dame can play a subpar schedule every year that helps them win all their games and get rewarded for that. In case you don't know, Notre Dame ends up in the playoff quite a bit, and they rarely do well, at least not in the last decade. This season, they lost 31-14 to to Alabama in the playoff semifinal. And that 31-14 to loss to Alabama was the least surprising sports result in a very long time. Anyone with a brain and two eyes? No even just one eye, could see that Notre Dame was a team who barely beat Clemson without its star quarterback and then got smacked by Clemson again when it had its star quarterback and had no business being in the playoff alongside Clemson. But they're Notre Dame. Somehow, despite not being in one of the major conferences, a Power Five conference, they got the benefit of the doubt. Again, that same benefit was not extended to Cincinnati. They play in the American Athletic Conference, which is not in the Power Five. For people with a brain and one eye, that means that they never had a chance of playing in the playoff and winning the national title. The powers that be over college football say that's untrue, but they don't have a brain. How else do you explain that it has never happened outside of Notre Dame, who've been grandfathered into this current system? It's rigged, and we all know it. And it's rigged by the conferences. Here's perhaps the most important sentence of this entire monologue. Please make sure you don't miss it. The conferences that provide the structure in collegiate sports in America are the main source of everything that is wrong. It's the conferences. The aforementioned Cincinnati played in a, quote, New Year's Six, end quote, bowl game against Georgia this season. They lost the game on a late field goal, but anyone who watched that game saw two teams who, for that night at least, were evenly matched. I couldn't help but wonder, once again, remember, this is an annual exercise for me, what would happen if the conferences just didn't exist? Purists and other American sports fans who don't take the time to think too hard about their sports hate me right now, but I'm not done. In fact, I'm going to come at you even harder, so pay attention, because the example I'm going to use now is the SEC. Georgia is in the SEC, 
and they are almost always very good at football. They beat Cincinnati here. Barely, but they did. Now, purists will say that this is proof that Cincinnati didn't belong in a playoff to begin with. When they get out of the American Conference and play someone in the SEC, they lose. But Georgia is one of the standard bearers of the conference. When I watched this game, I wondered how good Cincinnati would be if they actually played a full season in the SEC. Because while they couldn't have beaten Georgia this year, could they have beaten, say, Mississippi State? Or Vanderbilt? Absolutely. And while a Cincinnati team in the SEC wouldn't have gone 9-0 and in all likelihood, they might have gone 6-3. and And by playing in the SEC with the big boys, they get to recruit better players and get caught in the upward draft of college recruiting that allows you to keep getting better and better every year. But they don't. Because they don't play in the SEC. The conference structure gets in their way, and they're limited by how many big games they can play against big teams, and it keeps them out of the fun. Are you catching the whiffs of European soccer's solution to this problem yet? It was so obvious to me 14 years ago when I first became a fan of the Premier League. I felt so passionately about it that I wrote a self-published ebook on the subject. It's terrible, by the way, so please don't try to find it now. And for the past 14 years, I continue to feel the same way about it this time of year. The solution I proposed 14 years ago is the same one I have today. Divide all college football teams into east and west sides. Then divide up the teams into 12 team divisions, or conferences if you must keep that term. East 1 and West 1 have the 12 best teams from each side from the previous season. East 2 and West 2 have the next 12 teams, and so on all the way down. When you break it down geographically like this, you still get the SEC and ACC together in the East, while the Big 12, Pac-12, and most of the Big 10 end up in the West. Each team plays every other team in its own division once. The best team from East 1 and West 1 at the end of the season play for the national title. All other bowl-eligible teams from each side fill out the rest of the bowl schedule and play each other. Oh, and here's the key part. Add in promotion and relegation among the East and West divisions, and you're all set. I like the number two. The bottom two teams from East 1 get relegated to East 2 the next season, while the top two teams from East 2 get promoted to East 1 the next season. If you are good enough for long enough to build a quality program, you will have a chance to play for the national title, and every team gets that chance, even the Cincinnati's. What about tradition, you ask? You would lose so many rivalry games if you do that. But would you, though? Or is that just a convenient excuse to avoid change among the rich dudes who run the sport? Let's stick with the SEC. Remember when Florida versus Tennessee was a must-see game every year? That was because both teams were really good, and the game meant something. Before a playoff, the loser of that game every year lost its chance at a national title early in the season. It was must-watch. But it hasn't been that way since Peyton Manning graduated. Why? Well, mostly because both teams haven't been great since, especially Tennessee. It's not just the rivalry game that we care about anymore. Rivalries require both teams to be good if you want people to watch. How about another example? I know, yeah, you purists are going to hate this one. Auburn, Alabama. That game just doesn't matter anymore either, unless you're an Auburn or Alabama fan. Why? 
For this one, the problem is mostly the playoff. Those two teams always play at the very end of the regular season. And even if Auburn beats up its big brother, Alabama is almost always a lock for the playoff by that point in the season. A loss to Auburn doesn't keep them out. As a Minnesotan, currently living in Virginia like I am, who reserves his college football watching to the games that actually matter, I no longer need to watch Auburn-Alabama. I'll wait to watch Alabama in a playoff game that matters. It shouldn't be this way. The playoff lessens the meaning of the regular season and the other bowl games. Even USA Today thinks so. And the system unfairly keeps out smaller teams who could otherwise be good enough to join the fun. Sadly, many people who agree with me on the problems I've described so far have the wrong solution in mind. A bigger playoff. A bigger playoff always solves our sports problems, right? No! Playoffs are brilliant for TV executives and sports franchises, but they are stupid for actually deciding titles. A playoff does not reward the best team of the season. It rewards the team playing the best at the end of the season and completely ignores the regular season that preceded it. Can we open up our eyes, at least just one of them, and our brains and recognize this? Bring us promotion and relegation instead. The Premier League and other European soccer leagues with similar structures have set the worldwide standard for how this can work. I know that this is a pipe dream, but could we give it a try? Starting with college football? It's all there for this to work. Yeah, I know. As logical as my argument may be, it will never happen. I've come to accept that over the years. So I'll continue to live with this annual angst and focus my time and energies on the beauty and perfection of the Premier League instead. Oh, and uh, Premier League, you have one job. Don't screw this up. Keep things as they are. Continue to set the standard that you have to this point for the rest of the world to see. Although, if you drop down to 18 clubs, it might be even better than it currently is. But never mind. That's another argument for another day. <laughs>